You are listening to a CJTR podcast. And ten weeks ago, our Amber brought forth on this station a new radio show conceived in silliness and dedicated to the proposition that not all films are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great cinematic war, testing whether that show or any show so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. Here, here, here. It's Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. And this week, in honor of the impeachment proceedings happening south of our border, we're looking at presidential depictions on the silver screen. I'm your first lady host, and with me in the voting booth is my punning mate, the Honorable Secretary of Shade, Seanery Rodham Clinton. Hi. I was going to say Seanery Rodham Dunham, but I just said it. (laughs) Seanery. Sadly, our founding father, Jerry Mandering Leguie, is suffering from a hanging chad this week and is unable to be here. Godspeed on your healing, Senator. What is a healing chad? A hanging chad is oh, a, a it's a vote thing. Oh, okay. With American ballots. Got it's it. <laughs> just a little inside humor for oh, all of no. our American politicals. Uh since we both uh since we don't have a quorum uh and both saw a movie this week that we're dying to talk about in depth, we'll be spending the first half of the show getting presidential. And then in the second half we'll do a spoiler filled dive into this year's Palm Door winner. Parasite. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it and you're planning to see it and you don't want to hear people talk about it, we will give you a heads up before the spoilering begins. You halt it. Halt and catch But fire. you shan't want to listen. Uh, okay, Madam Secretary, <laughs> let's inaugurate this episode. <laughs> what presidential movies did you watch this week, Sean? Um, I watched a few... Um, mostly one I have already watched and talked about on this film mm-hmm. or on this show is a film called Barry. Barry. Have you seen Barry? I haven't. It was one that I was considering this week, but it just didn't didn't make the cut. It's like it's pretty great. It's about twenty mm-hmm. year old Barry Obama. Yep. <laughs> which uh, is very cute. Um, as he traverses the, his university life, the world, he figures out where he's where he places himself, where mm-hmm. he belongs. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, the main actor, Devin Terrell, does a very good Obama. Mm-hmm. Um, do I know if it's what 20-year-old Obama sounded like? <laughs> I don't know. I do not know. But I feel like it's true. Michelle is not in it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't meet her for a bit. No, but there is a movie about them going on their first date, isn't there? Really? I think it's South Side with You or something like that. Oh, cute. Yeah, South Side with You. Yeah, it's something like that. Isn't it weird how being a president just gets several films made about you? Yeah, like it just, as soon as you're a president, uh, you get to have movies about you. Yeah. Because you're automatically interesting. Um, what else did you watch? Um, well, the, in this film, also mm-hmm. you meet Ashley Judd, his mm-hmm. mother, whose name is Ann Dunham. Whoa. What? Which actually we're, <laughs> this, this is going to sound very stupid, but we actually, my family is related to this denim. Like, that so, is amazing. in a very small, weird way. So. Are you also related to Lena Dunham? 
This, I don't think so. Okay. Otherwise, my Aunt May would definitely tell me. Actually, <laughs> Your Aunt May is on the record with I don't all know her relatives? If, I actually don't know if she knows anything about Lena Dunham. Mm. She is like 70 years old. But she does she's know... She's tracking the famous relatives. She does know Anne Dunham. Um, and she's... Yeah, I said that she's played by Ashley Judd, who's like yes. a very corny, hippie lady, um, which is... a. He's like embarrassed by her. It's really funny. She like walks by like Black Panthers and just like gives like a, like a fist. <laughs> and he's like, Mom. Mom, you're embarrassing me in front of my friends. It's really funny. Oh, that is fun. Um and also there's a there's a weird part where he's like, I don't really care about politics and then like winks at the camera and then Literally? Not really, oh. but he's <laughs> It's a it's a wink without a wink, and then mm. his like white girlfriend is like, "You should care about politics more." And it's like maybe he will, maybe Charlotte, maybe he will. Cute. What did you get up into? Um, I watched a film uh, on my mother's recommendation that's sort of like not even really about a president, but all the president's men. Um, starring Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman mm. as uh, Woodward and Bernstein. I also watched the Woodward and Bernstein journalist. flick. Yes. Um, so it's like about Watergate, but Nixon's like barely in it. Right. Um, it was really good, actually. Like it was, well, it was really good, but also slow. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, like, okay, in the 70s, clearly you could really take your time. Oh, yeah. They let it stew. And get in the details, like the nitty gritty of process yeah like they're gonna show you a shot of a meeting you actually don't care that much to see <laughs> an editorial meeting or like phone calls to people that don't go anywhere i don't know um yeah it, it felt long i will say yeah um that was my sort of take away <laughs> aside <laughs> from quite like long. there were parts of it that i was like well okay so part of it is like some of the watergate stuff is spookily relevant right now yeah like stuff about russia and just you know just like the um the sort of process of evasion mm -hmm. um that the like folks in the white house take and and the people connected to the folks in the white house um so that was interesting like just some perspective on our current moment it's from like, oh, like great historical. like 50 years later yeah um, but yeah, what did you think of it? Um, yeah, I watched it when I was in journalism school. Mm. Um, I think that uh, an, our investigative journalism class probably watched it or yeah. like a research or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so in that way, I don't really remember. But I do remember a lot of research processes that were like, why? <laughs> like, we'll never be doing these. These are very outdated practices. Yeah. Um, like, even just, like, okay, if you write it down, like, I was like, is this still how things work? Surely we document things differently now. Yeah. There's a lot of just, yeah, scribbling, writing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, are these valid notes? <laughs> it really stressed me out, actually. <laughs> Some of the ways that they took notes. These are not valid. In just, like, nonlinear ways. Like, there was one moment where I think it was Robert Redford's character, Bernstein, um, was taking notes while on a phone call and just, like, writing things on random parts of the page and i was like how are you going to know what that means well, later you're not going to interpret this the same <laughs> i take coherent notes often that i don't understand later so i don't know how this works Come anyway on, bernstein um i also watched a woodward and bernstein 
Oh, a um, different one. A different one. Which one? Um, have you ever seen the movie Dick? No, but I heard about it and thought about watching it and then was like, no, I just want to watch it because it sounds fun, but I don't know how related it is to the topic. So how related was it? It is very related to the topic. Okay, good. Um, so Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams mm-hmm. are two teenagers. Yep. Um, they are lovably dumb, mm-hmm. um, but they're very charming, as yeah. they do. And they get somehow embroiled. <laughs> they like it's basically about them becoming deep throat accidentally, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, like the Watergate scandal. It's like Forrest Gump, based, you know, like how he just like unknowingly slips through historical events yeah. of great importance, and yeah. that's basically what they did without really knowing it. Um, and they become friends with Richard Nixon, played by. Dan Hedaya, mm. who is actually does so well. Yeah. Um, even though it's a comedy and it's very silly, but it's like, honestly, this is Dan Hedaya's like real voice. And he basically is, he's just Nixon. That's cool. Um, and yeah, it's basically them taking down the president. Woodward and Bernstein is played by Will Ferrell and Bruce McCullough. That's amazing. <laughs> and they're very funny. Um, what else can I tell you about it? Basically, yeah, they the fashions are great. Mm. They are so funny. Yeah, as soon as I like, I was like reading through a list of presidential movies, and then saw that one and was like, okay, th- these two, like this cast, the cover dream. looked. It's a dream. The cover was weird, and the yeah. cover made me be like, this looks dumb, actually. But as soon as I saw it, it was Williams and Dunst, <laughs> the great law team of Williams and Dunst. I was like, Dunst. why haven't there been more? Of these two as a duo, I'm fascinated. Yeah, they're so funny. And how they're just like, they try to stop the war. They they get all of his security um, team high on uh, weed cookies accidentally. <laughs> they're like in the, um, uh, oh, what is the building? The Pentagon? No. The one. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. Pennsylvania We're, Avenue? I'm Isn't that the White it. House? Anyway, they like um, when ever, when they're bugging the fil- those phones in the op- oh in the- yeah um, they like accidentally find themselves in there like oh. <laughs> they're just like bumbling around and like being uh, but then they and they steal like documents unintentionally they're the best that and sounds fun. I very much enjoyed it not for any historical <laughs> yeah, accuracy not, at all yeah and that is a question I have like how accurately. Accurately, do you feel like movies about presidents actually depict what an American president is or does? Well, hard to say. Yeah, not like, none of the films know. I'm watching. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Where this... I watched Dick and I watched um, Lincoln. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I watched Lincoln. I mean, I started watching Lincoln and I. I'm going to sound like a real big dummy, but I got very bored after like a half hour. I think that that's very honest and brave of you to say, Sean. And in solidarity with you, I will say that I avoided watching Lincoln for that exact reason. It was just because everyone, he wins the best actor for his portrayal of Lincoln, which Mm -hmm. also, what portrayal? We have no idea what he sounds like. Well, right. I actually like, (laughs) this is embarrassing. I maybe Googled the Gettysburg Address today to see if I could find an audio version <laughs> to model my intro on there. Um, and it was 1863, so there so, wasn't one. So the sound quality is very, very low. <laughs> so, yeah, but I don't think he had a super remarkable voice. Well, yeah, his voice, 
Um, what was it Daniel like? Day Lewis's take on it is very kind of goofy. Oh, it's really? like higher than I expected. It's not like I was expecting him to be like a lot of gravitas, yeah, and just like booming. And he's just like, "Hey, you guys." <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> that is not actually how it was, but it is very, it's the energy that he's giving. Oh my God, just quavery. Yeah, he's just like, Mary Todd, Lincoln. <laughs> Emma says, I would watch a movie of you doing Me Daniel playing. Day Lewis as Lincoln. Although Daniel Day yeah. looks amazingly like Lincoln. Yes, this is true. Like, it looks, I feel like I can tell by looking at it that it is a worthwhile film that yeah like i don't know what his you know i'm i feel like he just delivers a lot of big monologues mm-hmm. which i'm sh- is amazing good right. for him yeah great but good I job to you cannot be i it didn't draw me in for too no, long i watched sure. a few yeah like um a few clips mm. um and then that's about it and you know what sean that is your right and i wish actually what i should have done is rewound it and watched only the Sally Field parts. Uh, yeah. Because she was great. Is she Mary Todd? Yes. Oh, that's good. And she was very like, oh, I got this two-year-long headache. (laughs) (laughs) I will watch anything with Sally Field in it, so... She's like, I saved you from that assassin. And he's like, I don't think there was one, Mary Todd. She's like, there was. (laughs) I had to jump in front of the carriage to save you. And he's like, okay... Yeah, I feel like most of these movies are pretty rosy depictions. Oh, quite rosy. That's what I was driving at with that question. Full disclosure. Oh, my mistake. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I just was like, I'm not going to beat around this. Tiptoe around this. No, d- <laughs> I'm not going to beat around right this George <laughs> W. Bush. <laughs> but I did watch W this week, um, which I hadn't seen before. And it made me mad. Oh. Like, <laughs> Oliver Stone did, I think, a good job of presenting things of which to be critical about the second Bush presidency. Um, but it just made me reflect on how now he has become this, like, meme. How now? How now, George Bush, too? About how he's, like, a kindly, yeah, sweet Yeah, he's, like, man funny, and, like, we're like, oh, about. he just wants to be on his ranch and paint, and it's like, oh, okay, we're just going to ignore the war crimes? But that's sort of American presidency in a nutshell. Oh, 100%. We're just going to ignore the war crimes. We're going to ignore the war crimes. Even, although, do you feel like Bill Clinton has gotten that edit? Yes. I feel like people don't feel like that with him. I feel like Bill Clinton has gotten that edit on, uh, one, deregulating the banks, which I will get on my soapbox about anytime. Mm-hmm. And two, <laughs> anytime you want. we just like don't talk very often about the fact that he is, like, that he almost certainly has committed many, many sexual atrocities. Yeah. And, like, was accused many, many times. Like, that was... I had no idea until I was basically an adult that that was something. Um, so it is interesting, like, how former presidents, we do have a tendency to... Like, they get cast in a certain light, and then other things that come after them, or other sentient Cheetos that come after them, Oof. can cast a, like, deep shadow, and we just sort of forget about some of the actual realities of their presidencies, which I think is very interesting. It is weird. Or, like, in the case of Nixon, we focus, like, these movies, like, focus on one specific part of their presidency. Like, it's like, how many movies about Watergate even are there? Yeah. Bajillion. That that moment is just everywhere. But it's like, I don't actually know that much else about 
Nixon as a president, other than like you know neoliberalism, cuts to social programs, like yeah, and such. Henry Kissinger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Henry Kissinger, etc. Cetera. Etc. Cetera. Um. But yeah, W was um, good. Who plays W? Josh Brolin. Oh. And you know what? He did quite a good job. Like, it's tough, I think, for me specifically, because um, Bush's presidency was, like, probably the moment that I became, the, like, politically aware. Yeah. So I feel like I have his mannerisms, his voice, like, a lot of things about him very specifically burned in my brain. And so there were moments where I was like, I don't know, he, this doesn't seem like George W. Bush. But then other times where I was like, whoa, this mm. is accurate. When it, Was it like moments when he was doing like a public thing, like a speech that people know? Yeah, like, like, a, like I, he maybe was going, like, I guess it was less silly. <laughs> like, I see him as kind of silly. Yeah. And it wasn't very silly. Like, he didn't really seem silly a lot of the time. Although the, the malapropisms, like, where he would say the exact wrong thing. Um, he those were peppered in very generously, and it delighted me to no end. <laughs> and it just made me remember so many different gaffes from oh, the Bush a, presidency. He's a real gaff machine. Like <laughs> the biggest question is: Is our children learning? <laughs> <laughs> like just so many things like that. Did they do uh, a nine eleven moment? Uh, it was. It sort of like jumps between different times in his life, so it's like very um like it doesn't fall, it go in right. one line uh so it jumps all over the place but there are lots of post 911 moments but not like immediately like when he was reading to those kids and right. he just kept going cuz he didn't know what to do um but like like the next year and them like lots of stuff about Iraq and them capitalizing on that moment and um Tandy Newton plays Condoleezza Rice. Oh, yes. And that was uncanny. Really? Like, it was spooky. I love The Tandy. voice, I do too. Like, this, it's a pretty stacked cast also. Um, that voice was jarring. And then I was like, oh my God, it's exactly right. Because you forget that Condoleezza Rice has a silly voice. I kind of guess I do. It's uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like this, Mr. <laughs> president. I think Mr. President. It's a little bit like that. Um, that sounds like the little girl from Big Mouth with the, <laughs> oh the, the braces. Also, Tandy oh Newton is in Big Mouth. Is she? She's like a new. Have you seen this new season? No, I haven't. She is a new sex monster or whatever those are called. Hormone oh, monster. A hormone monster. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I can't believe I called Tandy Newton a sex yeah, monster. I mean, um, but yeah, she plays. Um, she plays a new one. She's great. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I haven't watched any of it yet. It's on my list. That's pretty good. There's been a lot of things to watch. Of course. this it's, We're gearing up to winter. Yeah. They're just front-loading it into us. Exactly. One question I had after thinking about the millions of Watergate movies is, does this mean that there are going to be one billion movies about Trump? Sonia? There already are a dozen. Really? Like, oh, yeah. Like, when I was looking, I was Googling. What was I Googling? Oh, if, when I was on, like, Crave mm. or Netflix. I was on Crave, maybe. And I just looked up, like, presidents. Yeah. Because I'd just see what they had available. Mm -hmm. There was, like, 12. Trump. Like, documentaries or? Like, a mixture of, like, documentaries, cartoons. Oh, yeah, like, my cartoon president. Yeah, like, like there's a whole lot of stuff mm. already about him. Yeah, see, I... I try pretty hard to avoid thinking about him, looking at him, listening to him. 
So I did not do that <laughs> research because I just don't want to know. Yeah. But. But it's like, yeah, ugh. he is just so obviously impressionable. Mm. Not like, not in the way that impressionable is usually used, but in <laughs> yeah. it's very easy to do an impression or like people, yeah. everyone wants to. Everyone in their doc has done, mm-hmm. has dressed up like him, Meryl Streep, the Vivian. Everyone I was just about to say the most iconic uh, Snatch Game performance of our age, probably. Yeah. It was really good. It was very good. But then it's also, yeah, but yeah, I mean, he is uh, full of things to parody. Yeah, he's no. Replete with that. He's a real gaff machine himself. He is. Uh, and yeah. I look but forward this to this is, ending. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> this is the what I think is going to be the worst, the lamest, is when 10 years from now, they do, like, the ultra-serious... Yes. Like, the, the you know, like, the real behind-the-scenes take of, like, someone doing a dramatic, like, impression yeah. of him. And that's going to Which I, like, don't even know how you can, because the realities of this presidency defy like logic and reason and it's almost like i don't know how you could be serious talking you can't grasp onto anything real there's no there's There's nothing nothing. real there's nothing and it's so my thing too is how are people gonna pick which thing because they talk about how like in any other presidency any one thing that has happened would be the biggest story of all but they just keep happening every day yeah we're getting bludgeoned by them so yeah, I do not look forward to <laughs> the influx of media about the Trump presidency. No kidding. Although that may mean that it's over, and so that's a plus. That will mean that it's over, but by then, I don't know, Baron Trump or whatever is our, oh God. Is our press. No, Robot Elizabeth Warren. It's, <laughs> it's the year 2065, and Robot Elizabeth Warren rules in peace. That sounds amazing. Doesn't it? Um... Any other common f- common themes in these presidential movies? I feel like that we should th- talk about. They're all just like how heavy the crown is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. all this like sense of like um of duty and these uh hard decisions you have to make and you know whatever. <laughs> I know that's a little bit how I feel too. I think it's interesting because I think well, I do wonder whether after Trump, like, Americans' thoughts about the presidency have changed, will change, are changing. Because, yeah, th- I feel like they were very obsessed with, slash R, that position and that, like, figure and just the many things it means. Like, I don't even think we probably fully have a grasp as Canadians. Oh, no. On, like, what it... what people feel about the president even just like when i was like in dick there's all of these talk of like the president's office said this like (laughs) there's no way that the president has done this and there's just so much behind like that title yeah and they're just like the president doesn't lie right and it's very funny to be like uh yes and also the (laughs) will do much worse than that right kiki dunst Kiki. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, it is that like obsession with that figure. It's almost like a mythology. It's all wrapped up in like their mythology of themselves as a country. Yeah. 
It's very interesting to me, but and yet I don't want to watch almost any of these movies because yeah. I'm tired of that I a little know, bit. It's boring. It yeah. is. And, you know, it's like how many austere, strong men roles in positions of power? Like, we've seen it. That's a little I, bit how I feel. Yeah, I'm bored. Although I do like a like a specific character role when it's very over the top. That is who... That's like what a, a role I would love to play. Yeah. like Just like pop on <laughs> as a, a walk-on Henry Kissinger or like a... Yeah, like a Condoleezza Rice. I would love to see. I'll be playing Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah, it's because there are a lot of really interesting. Like there are a lot of interesting people who've played LBJ. Like Brian Cranston did it once. Mm. I forget who the other one I was looking at, and I was very surprised. Like it does seem to be a, a little feather in an actor's cap. Oh yeah, like, it's like playing like Churchill too. Yeah, totally. Everyone's like I've. Everyone's got their impression. Yeah, me, those prosthetics, my jowls yeah, are ready. Yeah, just put on this, this fat suit and the prosthetics. Yeah. And I'm up for it. Yeah. Um, also, um, I think it's sad that almost all the movies about JFK are about him getting shot. Yeah. There's like 13 days in... Except for the... What was the... May? The <laughs> Natalie Portman one. Oh, Jackie. Jackie. Well, that was just about her. Yeah. I honestly... I haven't seen A lot her. of people did not like it. Did she you? just smokes and walks from room to room wearing her costumes, listening to the Camelot soundtrack, and crying. The whole movie. That's the whole movie? Just her being like, saying goodbye to the... Just being like, I have to move. I hate moving. <laughs> <laughs> and just like Amazing. fabulously like slouching from room to room. It's the best. Yeah, I'll probably watch that. Speaking of, I also have to move, so that's what I'll be doing. Yes, for the exactly. Next, for the rest just of this month. Just listening to Camelot. <laughs> and just like... Wearing good hats. But not smoking. I'll just be jeweling. <laughs> Vaping. Vaping room to room. Can you do any Just tricks? kidding. I do not suggest jeweling. No, uh, there's so many health hazards, as we now know. I'll just put on my humidifier and pretend. <laughs> Do you have an inhaler? You could pretend. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you have a favorite president? Oh, obviously, Mr. Barry Obama. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, Historically, who knows? Yeah, I'm like, I might. Yeah. I think it's funny that, like... One of them got stuck in a bathtub once. Oh, but didn't he Taft. die there? Yeah. Taft. Well, maybe it's not funny. <laughs> I feel like it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the it was funniest funny, but now part I'm about like, Taft. oh, that's fat shaming and sad. <laughs> Poor so, Taft. So, back to the drawing board, I guess. I think there are some fun... I do think... One thing I think is interesting is, like, obscure presidential facts. Especially yeah. if, like, a little kid knows a lot of them. Oh, my God. Oh, talk to little friend of the show, Ellen. Nathaniel Cole. He has got a lot of <laughs> Yeah, them. that's the thing. I'm like, we have a lot of political nerd friends who are probably going to be... Who, like, want to know the shortest... <laughs> yeah. The shortest term. The longest term. The shortest is quite short. Do yeah. I remember it? No. Right. Do I know who it was or when? Absolutely not. No, of course not. I won't be answering these questions. <laughs> Absolutely not. Literally, unless we referred to, like, the only reason I know how many presidents there have been is because we often refer to them, like, by their number. Because he's, what, 45? 45. Yeah. And so, like, people who don't want to say his name and give him that airspace will be, like, 45. That's and that's the only way I know. <laughs> I I don't know what I would even guess. I probably would guess, like, 100 if I didn't know that. 100? Yeah. <laughs> I would guess 500. Over many, many years? <laughs> anyway, clearly... 
We're deeply we're invested in president. Yeah, exactly. Now, listen, we are we well educated on this current political moment? Of course we are. Yes. So don't come for us. No. We just aren't interested in historical presidencies, and that's our prerogative. That's our truth. That's our truth. Wallow in it. <laughs> okay. Now, Sean, is there anything else about presidents you need to say? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the four. I really thought that I would have something... I'm just a bill sitting on Capitol Hill, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Uh, it is time for us to take a break and impeach the presidential portion of this episode. Ooh. We are going to go invoke executive privilege, fire off some insane tweets, and renegotiate a trade deal while you listen to a word from our sponsors. When we come back, we're talking about Parasite here on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. I'm Sonia Stanger. I'm here with my co-host, Sean. Hi. I'm Hi. a wizard the board, as you might uh, yeah, you're amazing. I did some uh, ad trickery there. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. We saved our life. Uh, I would like to say it was avant-garde uh, audio the, mixing. This is my art. Yes, it's beautiful. I'm odd. <laughs> A-W-E-D, but also ah. O-D-D. Oh. Um, hey, Shawnee, um, do you know what time it is? Uh, bah, 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 bah. It's game time! <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Is there a, um, I guess I could have hummed the American uh, oh, yeah. national anthem, but I didn't want to do oh, that. Oh, say, can you see? It's really long, so we don't have that kind of time. No, we, we, got we have got Korean to get right to, to our about. film. Um, as you may or may not know out there in the world, the game is where our co-host Jeremy spends all week looking for a film that Sean and I have not seen. He tells us the title. We tell him, or in this case me, what we think it's about. And then he, or in this case I via Wikipedia, <laughs> tell us what it's really about. And we all have a good laugh. A real good laugh. A good laugh. Today's title is Primary Colors. Primary Colors. Primary Colors. So I believe that this film um, is about a kindergarten class. God, uh, Sean. What? Is that what you... We mean? always write the same script. Damn okay, it. sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and this kindergarten class, um, as a prank, somebody nominates them to be to run for the President of the United States. The whole class? The whole class, because they have like a funny name. Um, maybe the class, the school's named after a man's name. And so they somehow uh, become elected, and then they are ru- uh, the entire class collectively run the nation. And everyone, it starts off badly, but then eventually their um, childlike wit and smarts um, improves the country, and they become a very good president. Honestly, collective. I like it. Yeah. Also, I shouldn't have jumped down your throat because they're not the same. Okay. But it is funny how we seem to, we do seem to latch on. Well, there's some words that just inspire. Yeah. I hear primary colors, I think kindergarten colors. Same. Uh, So I think primary colors is about one particularly gifted uh, kindergarten painter Mm. who um, is also like has an encyclopedic knowledge of presidencies and by a fluke, becomes elected the Democratic nominee and runs against a really mean Republican and it becomes this, like, divisive campaign. Um, Yeah, and it's about, like, you know, party allegiance and, like, different 
things like that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I really thought I had an additional thing. And then I was like, oh, there's like nothing. And such different, as. And such like as different things. <laughs> um, yes. And so it's a beautiful, heartwarming tale. That sounds amazing. One of these has to be right. Well, I don't think we, either of us is right <laughs> in any way, way shape, shape, or, or form. form. Primary Colors is a 1998 American comedy drama film directed by Mike Nichols. Uh, the screenplay by Al- Elaine May was adapted from the novel, <clears throat> excuse me, Primary Colors, a novel of politics, a roman à clé about uh, oh. Bill Clinton's first presidential campaign in 1992, which was originally published anonymi- anonymously, but in 1996 was revealed to, to have been written by journalist Joe Klein, who had been covering uh, K- Clinton's campaign for Newsweek. The film starred John Travolta, Emma Thompson, Billy Bob Thornton, Kathy Bates, Maura Tierney, Larry Hagman, and Adrian Lester. I don't recognize any of these names. Yeah, who even are these people? Um, so yeah, sounds interesting, I guess. (laughs) 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 That was shady. Uh, as always, the game has been brought to you by you, the listeners of CJTR. We love you. We love you. Thanks for donating to the station and and continuing to do so on an ongoing basis. We bought several fur coats for the the studio that we're wearing. Yes, it's warm, it's cozy, it's chic. Now, Sean, let's take a hard left turn. A big hard left. And just veer away from presidential films. With love. And spend uh, the remainder of today's show talking about a hot new movie. Parasite. Which we teased the last time Jeremy was not here, and mm-hmm. we were like, watch the trailer. We yep. both thought it looked amazing. Yep. And now that Jeremy's not here again, here we are. We'll talk about it. Both having just seen it in the last two days. Well, yeah, we watched it at different times because yes. the first time we went to watch it, I roll up to see the film and see you standing on the sidewalk with glass everywhere and a car. Yeah, there was a... Because you just got in a car accident. There was an accident. Everyone's fine. And you I wasn't actually in in the accident. Oh, really? I was meeting boyfriend of the show and we were like, he, I had already gotten to the theater and then he was in an accident right outside the parking lot. And you... Fleed. I fled. Fleed over. Luckily, I had not purchased my ticket yet. And so he and I went to it last night. Uh, Parasite. It was. Dramatic. I made a joke that the twist of the film is that one person from every screening gets into a car accident on the way there. Oh, that is quite the twist. <laughs> That's the twist. Um, uh, also, yeah, when people talk about this film, they always are like, the twist. Yeah. But I hate that they refer to it like that because it makes it sound s- super. It does. And Night Shyamalani or something. It's not a twist. It's just like a deeper script, basically. Exactly. That's exactly right. So, okay. So, Parasite, directed by uh, Korean director Pong Joon-ho, uh, who also is known for making uh, films such as The Host, Snowpiercer, and Okia. Okay. None of which I've seen. This made me want to watch Okia. Apparently, it's really good. Friend of the show, uh, James Brotheridge told me i should watch that like when the trailer for and i was like are you kidding me yeah this pig thing i'm sickened and i I didn't think we should watch it i guess now we should we should watch it because this film was very good okay also yes if you have not seen parasite and are planning to and don't want to hear people talk about it now is the time to yeah we we know that we liberally do spoilers but this one 
we feel a bit bad because it's fully still in theaters and yeah. you can't really see it anywhere else except for Studio 7. Right. So not a lot of people have seen it. Yeah. But and you so, definitely should. And I also don't think that it is a twist in the sense that, like, if you know things about the movie, you won't appreciate it. Right. I actually kind of would like to watch it again, knowing what I know. Yes. Um, and seeing if that changes anything. Yeah. Um, but yes, now is the time. We love you. Thank you for listening. Sorry to make you change station. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, Sean, Parasite. What's it about? What did you like? Okay. What did you what do you think? So at its core, it's about um two families. Mm-hmm. One is um a poor family, a poor Korean family. Mm-hmm. They are really nothing is really going their way. The Kims. The Kims. Mm-hmm. Nothing's really going their way. Their um Wi Fi just got shut off. They oh. are like always in a pickle. One of the the son of it's a mom dad family um, son daughter mm-hmm. uh, like university age. Mm-hmm. One of them gets offered by a, a friend of his to be a tutor, an English tutor for a family that he teaches, a very rich family. Mm-hmm. So he kind of fakes uh, credentials. He goes to teach there. He realizes that they are very wealthy. Yeah, and then he they all kind of put it together a plan to slowly get in the house by like make his sister becomes an art tutor not with fake qualifications mm-hmm. she's really good at photoshop yeah like everyone is such a good con artist the, the dad becomes a chauffeur the mother eventually becomes like the housekeeper mm-hmm. and by them sort of manipulating the family in like funny fun con artisty ways yeah and then the film takes a bit of a darker twist or like it takes the rug a little out from under you Mm -hmm. so like up until a certain point it is definitely a comedy and it's a comedy with dark undertones because from the beginning the whole thing is kind of underscored by the uh financial instability that the kims are living in and the just like desperate situation that they're in um so it's like all the while it's funny and there are lots of things that make you laugh but it's also like like they're very like good natured tense. and they are they love each other mm-hmm. but they all are they're very it's very close to collapse right. for them and they are like scamming this family and it seems pretty harmless but then like the daughter frames uh, the old driver and that's how her dad gets the job and then they <laughs> find out that the current housekeeper is allergic to peaches so they they convince the mother that the housekeeper um, has tuberculosis. Um, also understated comedy genius is the mother of the the rich family. Oh, the she's parks. amazing. She is so funny and so weird. And she just is like a kind of type A, like very clean, rich mom type. And like naive and kind of flighty. She's and- very flighty. And she just like... When the camera sometimes will just cut to her, and she'll just have been like collapsed weirdly on a table, just like resting up like a like a broken doll. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed her performance. And so the Parks go out of town to go camping. The rich family. Yeah. Um, and the Kims basically like move in to the house while they're gone, and are like having a sweet party and enjoying. The amenities and it is of sort the of this life like, that they feel like they yeah and earned. they're sort of like they're getting drunk in the living room and they're like ruminating on the fact that they feel like they belong in this house and it's sort of this interesting moment of like uh, 
class consciousness and and like assessment and then fake out the old maid comes back mm-hmm. and it's the uh, this Moon part Guang things get is her name uh, this the part things really are you're very unsettled at the uh, during them ce- the family celebrating things just like take a really amazing dark turn mm-hmm. where you are really unsettled where you find out that even between the family there's anger issues and everyone seems really at the end of their rope yeah and then this maid comes in and she reveals that she she's like oh i left something in the basement um and she reveals that there's a secret panel which her she has been her husband has been living in for four years yeah, underneath a sub basement. A sub basement because apparently it was common for Korean homes of a certain age to be built with like underground shelters because of the nuclear threat from North Korea. Um, and so, and the previous, I, the way they explained it was like the previous owner of this fancy house was this famous architect, and apparently he was like embarrassed of the of the shelter and what it like represented, and so he just never told the the new family that it existed. Mm-hmm. So they have no idea that there's a sub basement to their house and that this man has been living there for four years. And and she has just been feeding him. Yeah. Um. And so then. From then on, and then almost immediately after, there is this realization, um, and the maid is fully threatening them to rev- to reveal their secret to the the family. Then the family comes back, yeah, and then things just get very chaotic, extremely chaotic, tense, violent, and yeah, that w- that mood. I was just so crazy because, like, yeah, so that scene, those scenes in general, I basically did not breathe. Oh, I was so tense. It was so tense. And the, like, it was so madcap, but it mm-hmm. was still so intimate. And, like, like things, huge swings were being taken. Yeah. And I, it did not feel, like, too much or anything like that. I was just like, these are the natural way that things, what they had to do. Yeah, it, it was some brilliant filmmaking. Like, to make this movie not feel, like, yeah, it, like, um, disjointed or too much or, like, kind of like it was hitting you over the head with stuff. Like, it's very, it's sort of, the whole thing is just, like, full of visual metaphors constantly. Oh, the cinematography and, is yeah. amazing. And, like, the and it's so meta because the main character... um Ki Woo, known as Kevin. Yeah, the song. And as he tutors. Um, uh, he even says a couple of times, wow, this is so, that is so metaphorical about different things. <laughs> and it just like, at, like the whole, the first shot of the movie is this like birdcage covered in dirty socks um, in their like, in their half basement house, as they call it. And it just, from there on, like, it just is constantly giving you a visual, distillation of the message of the film and yet still it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel heavy-handed or you know too obvious or anything like it just oh it was just really good there was two beautiful shots that i want to talk about Mm. that they it's so so both of them were completely gorgeous but also a lot of disgusting things were happening at the same time Mm. the one uh that i loved was there's a drunken man that urinates outside their window all the time. And then when they 
sort of all became as successful, they found the vigor to like go outside and chase him off, like and throw water on him. Um, as the one daughter like films it in slow motion. Yeah. Uh, and it was it's like the it was just like a beautiful like water dance as one guy's like spraying piss on them. Yeah. And they're like throwing water on him. It was just like disgusting and so beautiful. And then also another scene was uh, there's a very heavy rain, which is why the Park family decides to not camp and come home. And so by the time they, the family ends up evading the the rich family and going home, the rain is so heavy that their house is basically underwater. Yeah, it fully floods. And uh, when the daughter, who is my favorite character, uh, Kijong, mm-hmm. she goes is in the bathroom. And there is just like sewage flying out of the toilet and like erupting, erupting out of the toilet. And so she like is trying to hold it shut. And then she just sits on the top as it's the water shooting, like the disgusting water shooting out between underneath the lid. And she's just having a cigarette Yeah. as she's like, well, this is my life. Yeah. And that was like, that was one of my favorite shots of the entire show, of yeah. the entire movie. It, yeah. Um, and. I don't know how, so the whole sort of central theme of the movie is this, this, um, clash of the classes. Mm-hmm. Um, which and, is like themes that his movies usually have. Right. Yes. And it does, fe- it feels very, like, mm, very urgent and very, like, immediate and, and true and, like, yeah, there's just, there's just something about it that feels like it very interestingly captures this sort of moment that we're in, but then also from this very interesting like Korean lens that you know we like that is makes it interesting and refreshing for a Canadian audience. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's just like poverty and like the dream to not be in poverty that this family is always like, oh, this is going to turn around on us right yeah. away yeah. like the dad is always kind of saying that um and he like his speech when he's in the the gymnasium about mm-hmm. just like not having a plan yeah uh it was and which kind of like that sort of um patriarch or like saving of the rest of his family kind of is taken on by uh kiwu by the end where he's like yeah. i'm going to get rich and buy this house for a reason that you yeah. will find out. Yeah. I like uh, how we spoiled half of it and then left I know. What I, feel, I feel bad spoiling so much of it. Yeah, but, I think, yeah. But just like how everyone's like, it's so lofty and everyone everyone watching is like, you're never going to be able to buy that house. But mm-hmm. I want you to. Yeah. But it's, it's impossible. This dream. Yeah. And it's interesting because it... I think he I think he did a really good job of building up to um this one specific moment where um so the the parks come home from camping and like by some miracle the Kims manage to hide uh Clean and not the house be found out. Hide. They like hide all the garbage under the couch and like um and uh the little the son who actually 
I feel like was kind of a misdirect because I thought he was going to come more into play. They have um, the little boy who the sister Kijung is hired as an art therapist for, <laughs> who um, saw a ghost when he was in first grade, but it was actually the man living in the basement who came upstairs. Yeah, also, that shot was terrifying. Very scary. Um, uh, so she, she <laughs> the mother's convinced that there's something deeply wrong with him because of this traumatic experience. Um, and then uh, he decided he wanted to camp in the backyard the day that they come home from camping. Uh, and so the parents are sleeping on the couch, maybe three feet away from the Kims hiding under this table. And the, the parks, uh, not knowing that the Kims are there, um, Mr. Park starts talking about uh, the way that Mr. Kim smells. And it started off like I thought <sighs> it was going to be a funny moment. And then he just keeps going. And yeah, and Kim just has to listen in front of his children about how this man is like, they're like, does he smell like an old man? And he's like, no, it's just like, it's basically just like the smell of poverty. Exactly. And there's parts where like you can tell a rich character is smelling yeah, poverty is after what they that, yeah. you see that you see them notice that and there's something about this just complete like dehumanization of another person when you like distill them down to their like disgusting smell as he categorizes it that just is like so painful like for me that moment was this like pin that was yeah. that so much of it turned on where it really became the sort of like dark mm -hmm. third act of the movie and yeah there was like you know the kims basically barely survived with their life like from the flood yeah slept in a gym had to fight for clothes the next day at, because they were invited to the parks of having this beautiful garden party so they like Last barely minute. made it with the skin of their teeth to look presentable um and then they, you just hear on the phone mrs kim just be like we had to make lemonade out of the lemons we were given yeah as the that family is like we schlepping her groceries yeah we are like the epitome of trying to like make something work here and you literally had to reschedule a garden party you have everything no one. she like literally decides to have a garden party and the same day has like a cellist and an opera singer and a, a catering company and i'm like were they just on standby i don't understand the logistics of this party but but it was because all of the entire their other servants had to basically pull it together yeah um, also, um, so I want to talk a little bit before we go about, um, the director, mm. um, and just like the marketing of this film, because it is obviously going, getting huge Oscar buzz and yes. like, and uh, it's set to be the highest grossing foreign language film of the year in the U S oh, so yeah, that's exciting for sure. Um, and I feel like I was looking at a lot of it is a really huge social media presence, mm. um, that, uh, the, what they've um, dubbed themselves the Bong Hive. I love. <laughs> Hashtag Bong Hive. Um, and because the movie is so memeable, there's a lot of like great memes and gifs, like the Jessica Jingle. Yeah. Which is the like the one character is trying to remember her backstory. Yeah. And just has like a little like rhyme that she says to a remember where device. she's from and yeah. who's her cousin. And it is so, I like watched it over and over. It makes, I want to learn it. It's very it's cute. Um, but someone, an interviewer was talking to Bong Joon-ho about, like, they're like, oh, you have Oscar buzz? And he just so airily says, oh, the Oscars are not an international film festival. They're very local. <laughs> he does not 
give. Drag her. He does not care. I love that. Yeah. That's exciting for him. I'm proud of him. I know. I made, because I, I feel like everyone, they're, I feel like he's supposed to be, he's expected to be like, right. oh my God, like, really? I'm so honored. I can't believe. And he's like, okay. I, like, I've I love been it. winning out here in better platforms all right. the other time. I got the Palm Door. What else do I need? Yeah. Okay. Hey. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Was that? I, that was basically, I just wanted to, <laughs> to to say both of those facts about him because they're great. Should we do a quick, like, two-minute what you're watching each? Or is this what you're watching? Honestly, this is what, this is, like, the most I've been watching. Mm, that's fine. I will probably see a, another film this week. I, I want to see Ad Astra was playing. Oh, it's so good. A lot of people seen The Lighthouse. It looks amazing. I also would like to go. If you want to go to The Lighthouse, uh, let me know. Yeah. Okay, good idea. Um, yeah, like the Rainbow, you guys, their programming. There's nothing else really out. good. And the Rainbow has everything. Yeah, all the other mainstream theaters are so whatever. Mm-hmm. And everything I want to see is at the Rainbow. It's exciting times. And they have quite cheap confections. They do, comparatively. <laughs> I was like, I'm walking out here with a $6, $6 meal and drink. Not quite as cheap as this station sponsor the rpl film theater that's true that is the other uh movie house in town with the good programming yes of course that was some that, that was some saying. rpl film theater erasure on my part <laughs> full disclosure <laughs> we love them but yes the rainbow has a lot of good things right now yeah i was very impressed mm-hmm. this is a very good movie and it's still at studio seven so those of you listening out there who were like mm, i wasn't gonna see it but now that you spoiled it for me yeah, I will. You absolutely should. It was like, um, uh, I, it is subtitled, um, and I didn't lose a stitch of the comedy Mm-mm. or I like. It's probably super lame of me to be like, I kind of forgot it was in subtitles, but I fully did. No, I think that's amazing. Yeah, that's like a sign of a, an effective movie, and we haven't even really talked about it. But like the performances also. Are so every performance great. is amazing. Every, like yeah, every single person in this movie, mm-hmm. including a small child. Yeah, the kid didn't do a lot. Yeah, I guess he just. But all of the all of the adults, mm-hmm. um, and the other their other their oldest daughter. I was like, whatever. Yeah, she was fine. <laughs> she was fine. But everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so definitely go and see Parasite. Uh, because it's worth it. I know. It. I feel like, and, like I you might can't see it spoil a second it. time. Yeah, I think I will too. Because, yeah, now that like knowing sort of how everything turns out, I, I'm curious to see whether that colors the way you watch like the first sort of half. Yeah, totally. It's really good. What else then you've been watching? I've wa- I've been watching a lot of things lately, but a lot of like <laughs> not relevant to the show things. Like I watched. Uh, all of the new season of The Good Place that I could get my hands on. Mm-hmm. Still obsessed, still love it. Uh, boyfriend of the show and I have been watching Rick and Morty, which I had never watched, and which Jeremy actually has told me to watch, and I do love it. So everyone who told me for all those years, you were right. <laughs> Congratulations. This is the thing. It's like, okay, everyone, you keep telling me, and eventually it will happen. Right. Just in 2025. Right. I like to watch things in a chunk, so this is perfect for me. Um, I really want to watch Euphoria. Same. A lot of people have been telling me that. And I feel like this is the time where I'll eke out a bit of chunk to do that. <laughs> I love to eke out a bit of chunk. Eke out a bit of chunk. 
I've heard that it's just like a colorful, um, sexy millennial drug-fueled paradise. Amazing. So I'm here for that with Zendaya. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It's not millennial. It's Gen Z. Yeah, millennial, please. We're so passe. We're way passe. (laughs) All right. Well, Sean, that's all the time we have for this week. I would like to give a shout-out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manatuna, my lovely co-host, Sean, everyone here at CJTR, and to you, our beloved listeners. The show is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. My Electric is coming up next. Bye! Bye!